Welcome to Broadway Brains. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Broadway Brains. In this episode, I talked with Micah Young, who has an extensive resume as a music director and a composer, and he teaches. I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hi, Lucy. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, how are things? It's so nice of you to, to get in touch. Yeah. So I have a couple things planned for today. Well, it's 2.30, so I'm just going to give an overview. Just a quick overview. We're going to do the quick fire questions. We're gonna, um, I'd like to, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about your composing, your music directing, and your teaching. Great. Yeah. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself to start? Okay. Hi, I'm Micah Young. I'm a music director and composer, and I live in New York City, uh, where I've worked on Broadway shows for the past 12 years, 13 years. Um, I've done probably 11 or 12 Broadway shows, and I was the music director for the national tour Fun Home. Mm -hmm. So Seattle and Arizona and Chicago and LA and all over the country. Um, and I split my time between that and I also compose shows and songs and I set poetry. Um, and nowadays I'm doing a lot of teaching online through Zoom and talking to people like you. Yeah, sorry, I just muted myself there because like a police car came through. So are you ready to start the quick fire? It's my first quick fire, so I just have a list of questions and I'm going to see if and I what can do I- talk about. You just answer them as quick as you can. Shoot, go for it, Lucy. I'm ready. Okay. Wait, I have to, like, get in the, like, rapid motion. Okay. Yep, start start the breathing. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first, I'm going to start it really easy, and then it's like, would you rather, and just, Uh-oh. okay. Uh-oh. I'll okay. try, yep. So, first, what's your name? Micah Young. Where are you born? Washington, D.C. Favorite food? Uh, sushi. Color? Purple. Cats or dogs? Oh, mm, um, cats. Winter or summer? Mm, uh, summer. Favorite show you've been in? Favorite show I've been in? Uh, Spring Awakening. Favorite instrument? Piano. Uh, favorite type of nature? Type of nature? Woods, forest. Favorite type of furniture? Furniture? Uh, easy, the, the big chairs. Cushy chairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, acorns or pine cones? Pine cones. Camping or hotel? Uh, cabins in the woods with air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, car or bicycle? Bicycle. Uh, I think that's all I have, but that was kind of... Yeah. Lucy? Yeah, that was fun. Uh, wow, I just need to catch my breath for a second. Whew. That was... Questions. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It was my first time because I'm thinking of introducing new segments to the show to like spice things up a bit. And uh. I was just testing it out. <laughs> yeah, so are you good kind of... Moving on to composing? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. 
Yeah. So how did you start kind of like composing and like music directing? Oh, boy. Well, I started playing piano when I was really young, like five or six. My mom was a piano teacher and I took lessons and then I sort of took some time off. And then I really wanted to get serious about music and theater. So I studied really hard when I was in junior high and high school. Um, And I applied to the Interlochen Arts Academy, which is a school in Michigan. And throughout that time, I was always playing piano. And I think that job led let me to be a good person to play shows because I could play piano, but I could also lead and I liked conducting and I had, I had good teachers. Uh, and then I also loved the idea of composing um, and whether it was instrumental music or if it was songs. And I think working in theater has a bit of both, right? It has orchestral music and it has songs and it has, you know, mm-hmm. dance music and everything. So I started doing a little bit of composition in high school. Then I went to New York City for school. I went to Manhattan School of Music, which is a music conservatory. And I studied more piano and I took composition lessons. And I took conducting lessons, but I got to New York because I wanted to be involved with the theater. So I did all that and started talking to people in New York about playing shows and Broadway and Um, and then I wanted to get more serious with the composing while I worked on Broadway shows. So I went to the BMI writing workshop, which is the musical theater program that's, that started shows like Avenue Q and next to normal, um, and has done a great job of like training people how to write in the theater style. So I, I did that and I've, I've just taken every opportunity I can to write for people, write with people Mm -hmm. while I music direct and, and it just, and everything kind of goes on from there yeah (laughs) yeah one question I had is because you know how actors they have auditions and stuff and like how do you get like chosen to be like the music director the composer of the musical that's a great question because like that's something that people don't know about so thank you um a lot of times in in music direction we have to get to know people um, it's a business of relationships, right? It's mm-hmm. your friends or your people you know that, that can recommend you for jobs. So sometimes I get a job interview, but sometimes I just get a phone call and they say, hey, we heard you you, you might be mm-hmm. good for this job, this show. Sometimes, like when I worked on Spring Awakening, um, yeah. probably show they they had openings for piano for, for pianists because the show was doing really well. And so I knew the conductor. And so I knocked on her door and I, you know, I wrote her a note and mm-hmm. I said, Hey, are you hiring mm-hmm. do you players? I'll, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Um, when it comes to composing the show, you know, a lot of times those are done by submissions as well. Um, or it's a producer who, who wants to fund the show and, and pay for it because we have to have money to, to pay for everything, right? So the producer sometimes yeah. is a composer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the music director does a, a lot of the writing on the side as well, so it can be very collaborative that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and how would you describe like what a music director's role is? Oh my gosh, that's a great question too, <laughs> because it can be anything. It can be everything from vocal arranger to voice teacher to orchestral conductor, to choir conductor, to pianist. Um, Music directors are as different as people are different, I think. Some music directors only do traditional shows, right? Some music directors love doing Mm -hmm. Rodgers and Hammerstein, and they only like to do older shows because they're done, Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of new material. You might rearrange an orchestral 
moment. Mm-hmm. Some music directors love doing new scores where it's an idea and there's a composer and you're working and working and working and creating the show. Um, it really depends on the, it depends on the show. Um, I like working with new writers. I like working with new composers. Mm-hmm. I also just really enjoy working with people who are good to work with. That becomes a that becomes important. I think mm-hmm. is liking liking who you work with. Yeah, and when you kind of going back about how it's like a game about relationships, did you ever have like trouble when you were starting because like you didn't have that relationships and stuff? Man, you're you're so good. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're really you're really good. So yeah, it is hard. It is very mm-hmm. hard. Um, everyone I've talked to and anyone that that contacts me about it, I try to pay it forward. Whether there's a car, I try to pay it back because I know that there were people who took chances with me and gave me opportunities. So, you know, if if you call up someone in New York and say, "Hey, I'm interested in in learning how to music direct," or "I'm interested in learning how to get into shows," or whatever, I think there's a lot of people in our industry who want to pay it back, right? Mm-hmm. So when I met people. Um, I went in very, very honestly, mm-hmm. I think being open to listening to the people who've been there. Um, but then, yeah, you, you have to take time to get to know people and whether that means going out for coffee and talking or, or like we're doing right now, mm-hmm. we're each other, that, that time is really important. Yeah. Yeah. So moving forward again, how, what would you describe it's a little more simpler, I think, but how do you describe like a composer? How do I describe a composer uh, for shows? Yeah, for like what you do as a composer. Oh, how do I? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it really depends, again, on what you're writing, right? It's like, so sometimes I really like looking at poetry mm-hmm. and writing, writing music to poetry. Um, sometimes I write my own lyrics and I get an idea, and, and so then I, I try to work on that lyric, and I try to structure it so that it fits into a song. Mm-hmm. And if I'm writing the music, then I understand how I want the melody to go, which helps me then write the lyric out. Um, it just depends on the kind, like if you're going to write a show like Thoroughly Modern Millie, or if you're mm-hmm. going to write a show like Into the Woods, mm-hmm. uh, or Spring Awakening, all of those shows have different styles and different sounds. And if you want to compose that, it's a bit like a painter taking a, a painting and saying, I'm going to use green and blue and red and purple mm-hmm. or pink or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's an odd color, but those are the colors I'm going to use. That's the sound I want for my show to have. And so sometimes you create rules and say, I want the show to fit in this space. So mm-hmm. you pick rhythms and styles. If it's, if it takes place in the twenties, like, like thoroughly modern Millie, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to have jazz music. It's going to have flappers. And so you, you already know what the style of the show is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of collaboration with like, I don't know what exactly they're called, but the person who writes the lyrics and the composer, because I've never I haven't heard a lot of things where how they're singing, what the like the melody they're singing, like really contrasts the sound that's playing in the background. It's usually like along the line. Yeah. So you want the you're asking about the lyrics and the music, right? Yeah. So do you ever like come up with the lyrics, or do you like work with the person? It both. I like working with lyricists, uh, and sometimes in a musical. 
the person writing the book or the play, the, the libretto, the, the story, they sometimes write the lyrics as well. And lyrics have to fit into a certain function, right? Um, if, you, if you look at any good song in theater, there's usually a rhythm and a rhyme to mm-hmm. the lyric. Um, and yeah, the lyricist and composer have to work together. Otherwise, the song you write, the song won't, won't mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it depends. Sometimes the lyrics come first. Sometimes the music comes first. Sometimes you write a melody and the lyricist hears the lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the lyric comes first and the composer sits down and plays the, plays the music to that. So, but you definitely have to have a good collaboration and a good working relationship. Otherwise... Mm-hmm you're not able to to communicate. Yeah, because one time I was like, I took some like songwriting classes and I had already come up with like a metal melody line for a lyric. So then I started like plunking notes on the piano and I was like, oh, I thought like I can make these two things separate. Not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, it just depends, right? Mm -hmm. Like you might like the lyric, but you don't like the melody or... You write a lyric and then you find a melody, but you like the melody, but it doesn't fit the lyric. Yeah. And that's okay. Maybe you throw the lyric out. Maybe you just put it aside and wait for another melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going on, I wanted to talk a little bit about like conducting, like, cause I know it's not just like waving around a stick. Like what is kind of like the, not science per se, but like instruction on like how to do it. That's great. That's such a great question. Uh, Yeah, I think the word that comes to mind is confidence, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you look at any good conductor, sure, they're going to wait, they're waving their hands. And that's, that's all part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times you're just indicating the beats. So Mm -hmm. it's four beats or two beats or three beats. It's important that the, the orchestra or the band knows where the beats are right mm-hmm. everyone has to play together um my favorite example is like leonard bernstein who wrote west side story but also was a fantastic conductor and if you watch him conduct sometimes he's just mm-hmm. he's just kind of bouncing and i think it's about confidence and it tells your players your violins your singers your trombone whoever it lets them know yeah you're doing a good job you're doing a good job keep going i think it's really important sometimes that um, when you have really great musicians and really great performers, let they they know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone everyone can do their job. Your job as a conductor is to just bring them together. Mm-hmm. Especially especially when you hear you're in the pit and you're looking up and you you hear the line that says, um, you know, whatever the cue the cue line, and mm-hmm. then you music. That's really important, right? You want the band to come in when they should, when, they, when, when, when they're supposed to. Um, but again, once the band is playing and once the music's going, a lot of times it's just confidence. Mm-hmm. Now that's a very simple answer to a question, but, but I think it really comes down. And, and of course, you being, you being aware, if, if someone's too loud, mm-hmm. if, the, if the violin or the, I keep saying violin, if the, if, the, if the drums are too loud or the guitar, or maybe she's playing too fast or he's playing too slow. It's important to remind people, hey, here's, we have to, we have to keep going. Yeah. 
And one thing I love about like having a live accompaniment is it's very because people do mess up. So when mm-hmm. with a live thing, it's much more lenient, and because they everyone really knows the piece well if they've been doing it for like eight shows a week for like two months. So if you, if you like miss a cue, then they'll like help you get there. That's a, you're absolutely right. That's you're so right because every every single show. I mean, I was on Fun Home for 14 months and we did over 400 performances. And I can't remember that many shows where we didn't have to, I didn't have to, you know, help someone out. And sometimes I, I had to help myself or I had, or someone else had to help me just because that show was so small. We only had seven mm-hmm. people in a band and we all had to work together. Yeah. Uh, it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and adding on, like, if someone's going slower, like, it's, like, I used to play violin for quite some, well, not a ton of time, but I used, I dabbled in it, and even though, like, you have, like, the notes right in front of you, and you basically knows what it means sometimes, because, like, you're kind of in your own head, and when you're, like, playing, you don't, it's harder to hear around you there sometimes when you, like, get a little bit offbeat, and it's nice to have someone who will be like, oh, you need to go a little faster or slower. Exactly. And, and I feel that very much when I would sub into a show. So on Broadway, I would, I would come and substitute for, for, for someone, you know, I'd go play piano in a show. And the conductor was always important to, a, to me, like as a substitute to like remind me, okay, here's the tempo or we're going to, this is how fast we're going to go or, or you're going too fast. All of that is, is really helpful because sometimes you just you can, you can, and if you're playing a show eight times a week for two months, you can forget. Sometimes we, sometimes we're, we, we're human, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And kind of adding on to that as well, like how as a composer, like, you know, like how to identify if someone's going like a little slower or faster conductor. <laughs> when, when I'm, if I'm conducting or if I'm mm-hmm. composing? Oh, if condu- you're conducting. That's a great question because I think, a lot of times with really good musicians and really seasoned performers, you know, people can get very opinionated about the tempo. It's a bit like Goldilocks, you know, it's too cold, it's too hot, it's too fast, it's too, it's like, and so everyone can have that opinion and it's really hard sometimes to navigate. It's like every ship has one captain and you have to steer the ship and say, this is the tempo. Um, I think with when you're working with dancers, mm-hmm. sometimes they learn the show and they feel it's too fast because they're still learning the steps. Once they know the steps, two mm-hmm. months later, everything feels slow because they're so easily they know the moves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do I, how do I know? Sometimes we have a click track. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have a metronome that it literally is just a like, and we wear mm-hmm. like your headphones. We wear headphones, and it's just like. And it's it's a it's a machine aspect that that doesn't lie to us. It doesn't tell yeah. us. It's like it's been the same. Like I was on Mamma Mia for many many years on Broadway, and that it was all a click. So you knew the tempos before the songs began. There was never any question about the tempo. Yeah. Yeah. When kind of moving on now, would you be comfortable like kind of talking about teaching and stuff like that? Absolutely, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. What kind of made you like want to teach what you do? Well, simply with theater, I think there, 
now there are a lot of teachers for theater, but particularly with music directors and composers mm -hmm. and what I do behind the podium and behind the keyboard, there are not many teachers as many, maybe as mm -hmm. many. I don't want to say there aren't, there's lots of great, <laughs> but when I was a student and I was looking for guidance, I didn't find a lot of teachers who wanted to teach musical theater per se mm -hmm. and conductors teaching what this, what, what this is. Now there are, now I've seen more books and more, more literature and more people. Um, but I teach a lot of voice now too, because I teach actors who want to audition for shows because I end up playing a lot of auditions. Mm -hmm. So there are actors teaching actors and there are, there are other people teaching actors. What I offer is unique because I'm a music director coming to you from that side of the experience. Mm -hmm where I'm able to give more insights into what you could expect from a music director or expect from your audition mm -hmm. as someone who sits behind the table or sits behind the piano. So I hope that as a teacher, I'm able to just help give my experience and tools for people. Yeah. And explain to me what exactly you teach to other people as well. Cause I know you do like vocal and other stuff. You bet. So, um, and, 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 I, and I, I know you, check, you, you contacted me through my website. I have a, a bit about vocal coaching. So vocal coaching, I would, I would say, is a mix between voice teaching and maybe mm -hmm. acting. Uh, I work with actors on their repertoire at the piano because I'm a pianist. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to play through the music. I can sight read the music and say, this is a great song for you because of these reasons. Mm -hmm. It's the right age, your vocal range. Um, the the timbre, the sound, the belt, mm -hmm. all of those elements of voice we talk about. I also talk about your acting technique in the song. How do you tell a story with music? Um, that's something I do a lot of teaching of. I do a little piano, but it's funny that even though as a pianist, I'm drawn to teaching actors and I'm drawn to teaching that kind mm -hmm. of um, student. Lately, I've been teaching composition lessons. Mm -hmm. So people who want to write songs I've been working with and sending them information, either books to read or other songs to look at. Um, one of the best ways you can learn to write is by looking at the composers you admire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I think is also benefiting you teaching that is because you've seen some of these Broadway's best and you get like a very front row seat to it. And so it gives you like an expert eye. Thank you. Yeah. I <laughs> Thank you. That's a, you say it so beautifully. I think, I think when you're in the middle of it and you're working with Broadway professionals and you're working with Broadway composers and people, when I, when I get to work with people who are older than me, who have been around so much longer, I hear stories, I learn their, from their experiences. So a lot of what we do as artists is that tradition of passing it down, mm -hmm. right? If, if we were, if we were making bread or if we were making pottery, it's a skill that you learn from other bakers, other potters, and you, you share that skill. So I'd like to think that I can share that skill with you, with other people. And then you take that and then you take it to the next and mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And one thing what do you think is like the most important thing you want to highlight whenever like you teach someone about vocal? Hmm. Uh, always be genuine. Mm -hmm. Always be authentic. Even when you're acting, acting is the easiest thing in the world, but don't get caught doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You, 
you can't pretend to act. You have to feed, you have to honestly tell us the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I just want to add is whenever you're acting, it's never something that's like completely opposite from you. I've learned it's always like a part of you that you just enhance or add on. I like that. See, that's, that's a really nice thought. You, you have to find a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And then kind of adding on to this question, what is the one piece of advice you'd give to like an aspiring actor and actress? Wow. Uh, you have to be as resilient and resourceful as you can because there will be so many opportunities to, to quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, about, it's about knowing why you do this, why you want to do this, and hold on to that as, as much as you can and work very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so resilience is really important because getting to act is wonderful and getting in the auditions are wonderful, but you have to work all the way up to those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot, because there's a lot of room for like, I don't want to say failure, but that's kind of what it is. It's a harsh word, but it's what it is because there's a lot of factors that are just not talent in this in this industry. And a lot of things, you could be like the most talented person in the world, but maybe because of like how you're, you're soon if you were to be cast your partner like uh, how their vocal arrangement is then that could make you not get the part exactly and and it, it's you you're so wise with <laughs> with your with perspective I mean I'm so I'm touched I mean there are so many elements out of our control mm-hmm. right and so to get to, to get to that place, and, and you mentioned failure, but I, I have been thinking a lot about that as well, mm-hmm. that you don't really learn necessarily from your successes. Like if you win, if you win the game, if you win the, the race or you, mm-hmm. you win the, the part or the job, um, you don't look, you don't think twice. You think, oh my God, yay. Mm-hmm. When, when we have failures, we have the, the, the step back. Mm-hmm. That's the time where I think we start to question and I think, that not to say we should be full of doubts. Mm-hmm. Failure teaches us. Okay, that didn't go well. Why didn't that go well? I, you know what? Next time I should, you know. But and you, you, you learn from those mistakes, especially in auditions. Mm-hmm. Next time I'm not going to wear those shoes. Those shoes were so uncomfortable. I'm not going to wear that dress. It didn't flatter my, you know. It didn't look right, mm-hmm. or that suit didn't feel right. And little things like that. Pretty soon you get to a place where you're wearing the right suit. You're wearing the right shoes. You know the song you're going to sing. You feel amazing. And the rest of it is out of your hands, right? Yeah, and I think that's really important to know because, like you said, if you win, winning's great, but you don't learn. But with mistakes, you learn, especially, like, basically in life, mistakes you learn. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, I think that's all the content we need. Thank you so much for coming. Lucy, this is such a and you're so wonderfully charming and, and so intelligent. Thank you so much. Yeah. And yeah, have a nice night. It's still afternoon for me, but he, there in the East Coast, it's night. Still nice. But anyway, it's so nice to talk with you, Lucy. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to another Broadway Brains interview with Micah Young. I hope you enjoyed it. Love you. Bye.